Welcome to another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yalbron, lead pastor of One Community Church located in El Dorado, Arkansas. For information about the ministry of Pastor Jason or One Community Church, please visit our website at occeldorado.com. Or you can find us on Facebook by searching One Community Church El Dorado. We're going to read verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up when we feel like it. When, it, when, it, when it's conducive to our schedule and when we can work it in the calendar, when it's not raining outside and it's not too cold, when the Super Bowl is not on, when Usher's not doing the halftime show, am I preaching too hard already? No, 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 I want you to notice this. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go at what? Let us go at once and take what? Take possession, for we are well able. Everybody say well able. We are well able to overcome. If you have a highlighter, and I trust you do, a Bible highlighter, something to take notes with when we come to God's house, I want you to highlight, let us go at once. Now tonight we're talking about Keys to seeing miracles. Keys to seeing miracles. And we just read one of them. Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go at once. Throughout the Bible, you will see when God moves or tells you something, God tells you to do something. And when he tells you to do something, a lot of the time in the Bible, you will see this. You will even see this with Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. When they tell you to do something, when God speaks to you, oftentimes he will say, do it quickly, 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 quickly. Do not procrastinate. If you want to see miracles in your life, you have got to learn to follow the voice of God. And when God speaks, you do it quickly. We see this with Peter. We see this with all the disciples. Come, follow me. Come on, leave your nets. Come on, let's throw your nets on the other side. Come quickly. We see this with the rich man that Jesus talked to. Sell all your possessions. Follow me right now, quickly. Elijah and Elijah. Elijah threw his coat on him, on Elijah. And Elijah Elijah said, first let me go kiss my mother and father. Now I want you to get a picture of this. This is not some young man. This is a grown man. A grown man said, let me go kiss my mother and father. Something's wrong when you're 63 years old and you still live with your mom and dad. Come on. People have a lot of good reasons why they don't follow the Lord. And Elijah said, first let me go kiss mom and dad. Now again, this is a grown man. In fact, Jesus told a story about a king throwing a banquet. People started making excuses. And they had all of these excuses of why they couldn't come. One said, I'm getting married. And we've got to make plans. Sounds like a a great reason. But I want you to think about this. This was an invitation to a king's banquet. A king's banquet. 
Another one bought some real estate. We have, we have bought some land, and we're building a home, and, and we've got to do all the work on the home, and we've got to get moved in, and all of these excuses. Seems good, but not to God, evidently. Another one said, I bought some ox. In other words, I bought a new John Deere tractor, and I've got to go bush hog the deer lanes. Sounds legit, huh? I bought a new Ford F-250. That's what, oxes, that's what they did with oxen back in the day. They were the work truck of the day. I've got all of this stuff that I've got to do. Then the king or the master was displeased, so he said, go to the highways and the byways and invite the poor, the blind, and the maimed. When God calls you, he calls you right now. Right now, you do not procrastinate. You move when God says to move. That's why sometimes you will hear pastors say, quickly, quickly. Hey, step out of your seat. Come to the front quickly. You'll see me do things quickly. If you're on my staff and you're here tonight, which you should be, if you're here tonight, I want you to listen to me. Pastor Jay, and you know this about me. If you serve under me and I'm your pastor, you know this about me. My staff knows about this about me. When I say move, I want you moving quickly. Amen. Here's why. Here's why. My, my staff didn't say amen. Did y'all notice that? <laughs> but we're going to work on this because this is our staff chapel right here. So when God says move, we move. We do not procrastinate. We move when God says to move. Now, I want to talk about some of the old school pastors and ministers that I grew up under, my dad being one of them. Now, we like to joke about them, and I joke about it sometimes. I was my dad's worship leader. My dad would ask me sometimes in a service, Jason's fixing to come and sing this song. And I'm thinking, I'm, I don't even know that song. Well, the truth of the matter is I did know some of the song. I knew the chorus. But see, where we get messed up is this. We want perfection. I got to sing it just right. I got to sing it like I heard it on the soundtrack. You know, I got to sing it just like the track sings it. I got to do that little run that they do when Gateway does it or whoever does it. Right? And so we want perfection. It's not about that. So when my dad would say sing and sing now, he was meaning those words of that song are important. It's not about the performance of it. It's about you repeating what God said. Amen. And so a lot of times people will say even about one community, they'll sing a song to death. It's not about the song. It's about the words of the song. Because we're trying to get something down in your spirit to come alive in your spirit like tonight. I've got the power in the name of Jesus. And you keep saying that. You keep rehearsing that. You keep repeating that. You keep confessing that. And you'll start believing it. Amen? So it's not about that. So when a minister like that says move quickly or gives an altar call quickly, 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 come to the altar quickly, come here. Let me pray for you. God is moving right then. And what happens is there's like a window of opportunity where you got to jump in the flow of what God is doing. Amen. You can't procrastinate. You can't say, well, let me go check with someone and see if it'll be okay. No, when God says to move, you have to move. You got to go. You can't let any grass grow under your feet. Come on, church. When God gives a green light, we move. You have to be now people if you want to see miracles.
That's why churches like, I believe, Cornerstone in one community, I believe these two churches are set up for success. And I talked about that today in our Next Steps class because these churches are designed, the way these churches are set up, we can move quickly. We don't have a lot of red tape and committees and all kinds of things we got to jump through to, to, to make something happen. Actually, we're not trying to make anything happen. We want God to make it happen. But when God says to do it, we just do it. We don't have to think about it. We don't have to get five or six people's opinion. We just do it. That is a recipe for success because God wants you to move and move fast. Amen. You have to be people on the move. We don't dilly-dally. God doesn't dilly-dally. He's not Jehovah dilly-dally. Come on. He's not Jehovah dilly-dally. He's Jehovah God. Amen. God is a now God. Immediate is used 50 55, excuse me, 55 times in the Bible. We hear the word immediately. Read about Jesus. There is, there is a move now. Let's go back to Elijah and Elijah. He said, he said, Elijah said to Elijah, go do whatever you want, but consider what I've done to you. I am the top prophet in all of Israel, and I just threw my mantle on you for you to be my successor. Do you still want to go kiss mom and dad? Think about that. Well, let me have a few days to pray about it. Let me ask you, what are you praying about? The top prophet in Israel just threw his mantle on you. Come on. There is a way to get in the flow of God's miracle, and one of the ways to do it is do it when he says to do it. Caleb didn't say, let us have a board meeting. He said, let us go at once. Anytime God speaks, he speaks now with miracles. There are windows of opportunity, and so many people miss those windows of opportunity because they procrastinate or they overthink it. And the more time you have to overthink it, your intellect will actually get in the way and interfere with what God's wanting to do. Because when God does something, it's super. It's, not, it's supernatural, not natural. He puts super on our natural, and it becomes supernatural. So that means the human mind, intellect, cannot comprehend it. And if you start trying to figure it out, you're going to kill the whole thing. Amen? We overthink it, even with money. It's faith in the source, and then the resource will come. I don't have to think about it. I just do it. It's almost like God knows how much things cost. Imagine that. I've watched God do that 20-something years of pastoring, and I've watched God do that. I watched God take a project uh, a few years, a couple years ago at one community, I saw a project, a $200,000 project, and I saw God provide to the penny. I mean to the penny. Sarah Dorman, am I telling the truth? To the penny, we've seen God provide for everything we needed with that campaign. Why? Because God knows how much stuff cost. He's not surprised by it. He will supply it to the penny. Everybody say, get in the flow. So how do I get in the flow? Number one, I've already told you. Here's number one. Here's how I see miracles. Move and move quickly. Write this down. Partial obedience is disobedience. Do it and do it quickly. There is no place for lukewarm people. 
lukewarm people. God wants us, what did he say in Revelations? He said, I'd rather you be hot or cold. But if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. Is that what he says? So what he's saying is, I want you hot, hot. I want you moving. That's what he's saying, on fire. That's what I'm wanting. And you know, people misinterpret that. Well, you know, that's a little harsh. God will pick up the pieces. God's not picking up the pieces of vomit. God don't pick up vomit. How do you misinterpret vomit you out of my mouth? You can't misinterpret that. He said, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Hot is hot. Everybody say urgency. Everybody say, let us go at once. When God says jump, you should be moving before the M and the P come out of his mouth. David said, today, Goliath, I will cut off your head, and when I'm done with you, I will do that to the other 900 standing right behind you. Today, I will do this. That's what he said. That's why, to me, we see this with churches in America. The stagnation of churches is because there there's so many opinions and voices that come into that. We got four that do and six that don't. And God is like, I'll pass you over and go somewhere else. Because y'all can't make up your mind what you want to do. That's why I said churches that can move fastly and fast and quickly can, can get things accomplished for God. Because why? We're not bottlenecking. It's not just all bottlenecking into one. We can move quickly. Everybody say quickly. And we've got to move when God says move. That's why we're seeing so many churches, I believe, dying in, in America. Because it's stagnant. Because there's no movement. There's no move quickly when God says move. When things drag on, the anointing lifts. Have you ever met people that need two weeks notice to go to the movies? I'm like, you're single with one cat. What are you thinking about? What's the holdup? Well, i got to think about it. i got to pray about it. Not only do you have to move now, but you have to surround yourself with people that are not always trying to pull you back. When God speaks, I can, listen, when God speaks, I have to have people around me. I have to have leadership around me. I have to have a staff around me. I've got to have people around me that say, if God said do it, we're going to do it. I can't have people around me saying, well, we can't, Pastor. I don't need we can't. I need we can. If God said we can, then we can. And we're going to move quickly. Amen? I don't need all the reasons why you can't do it. I need you to have solutions of why we can do it. Amen? Oh, we can't do it. I'm sorry. I've got to go talk to all my friends and see what their opinion is first. No, because if you go to all your friends, they're going to talk you out of it. Are y'all hearing me? My wife will tell you this about me. Now, I'm a, I am a nice guy, and I am, I am as easygoing as they come. And when I ask you your opinion, then I want your opinion. But when I say God said we're going to do this, there's another look in my eye. And when that look gets in this eye, we better be moving. Amen? 
Because when God says it, I don't mind buy-in. I don't mind hearing everybody's ideas. That's fine. But when God says something, we're going to do it. We're not stopping. We're going to do it. And I'm telling you, when God says move, we move. I'm so thankful I was raised under the men like Danny Malone and my dad, Eddie Yarbrough, that taught me how to move under the anointing. When God speaks, you move. There was this urgency in their voice. Jump, when I say jump, go. And people, oh, that's too harsh. That's too... No, I'm talking about if you want to see miracles... Because God is a now God. Can I hear that? A now God. Everybody say now God. People like to hide behind things and call it faith. It's not the devil that stops most people. It's unbelief and procrastination. In Numbers chapter 13, how many times is the devil mentioned? Zero. How about David when he faced Goliath? Do you see the devil mentioned in that text at all? No. Who tried to stop David? His brother and Saul. It wasn't the devil that tried to stop him. It was his own brother, and it was Saul, the king, who tried to stop him. And when Saul saw that he could not stop him, he said, if I can't stop you, then do it our way. My question is, if your way is so good, why aren't you out there fighting Goliath? If your way works, why aren't you out there doing battle? Instead, you're listening to an uncircumcised Philistine reject our God and talk about our God, and all you are is sitting here talking. Got a lot of talk, but you can't walk the walk. And Saul, if it's so good, then why don't you go fight? Brother, if you're so bad to the bone, then you get out there and fight Goliath. But that's not what happened. People love to tell you their way. The problem is, they've never done it. <laughs> I had a pastor. Y'all don't mind if I vent tonight, do you? I had a pastor the other day, a few weeks ago, call me, and he said, Pastor Jason. I said, yes. He said, I got a problem. I said, what is it? He was a little younger pastor. You know, he hadn't been pastoring as long as I have. And he said, I need some advice. I said, okay, what's your advice? He said, I got a problem. I said, what's your problem? He said, does everybody that come, comes to your church, does, do they all want to tell you how to pastor? And I said, I just started laughing. And I said, for whatever reason, people want to tell you how to pastor that have never pastored. We love to armchair quarterback. We love to tell Patrick Mahomes how to throw the ball or what he should have done. Amen? People want to tell you how to do things, but they've never done it. Jesus' own brothers, his own family tried to talk him out of it and couldn't do, he couldn't, the Bible says he couldn't do any miracle. Isn't that what we're talking about tonight? He couldn't do any miracles there because of their own unbelief. Unbelief is not something you don't keep check on. Unbelief, Jesus said, is a sin. Why? Adultery comes out of that. Alcoholism comes out of that. Drug abuse comes out of that. Greed comes out of that. Theft comes out of that. It's saying, I don't believe this Bible is true. That's what that's saying. There's no middle ground. There's faith unadulterated. Un unadulterated. 
It's always Christians like David's brother and Saul that try to stop the flow of God. I've had more trouble out of Christians than I have heathen. I'm, I'm being honest. I've had more discouragement out of heathen, or, or excuse me, encouragement, and more discouragement out of Christians in the church than I ever have unsaved people. Now, that's right. You said it shouldn't be. But that's what we have, is, is that the pushback is coming from our own people. It's other believers. Everybody say this, let us go at once. Now, let me say this. Opposition is part of it. When we bought the building over there um, on Southwest Avenue, one community, our campus over there, when we bought that building, I've told you some of this story. I'll tell you a little more of this story, but I cannot tell you how many people tried to tell us not to buy that building. Now, did God tell them for us to not buy that building? Or, or let me say it like this. Did God tell us to buy that building or if he didn't? And you're going to find out if he did or he didn't. Okay? But God told us. He didn't tell the church down the street. And we had pastors and staff pastors tell us and tell other people, don't buy that building. I had a pastor sit me down at lunch, a known pastor in our town, sit me down and say, whatever you do, don't buy that building. We had staff pastors of other churches telling our people, don't buy that building. Now, I'm going to just tell you, as much as I love Pastor D, if I found out he was telling other churches what God, should, what they should, what God was telling them to do or not, it would not be good. Why? That's unethical. It's, it's our own camp that discourages people. Can I hear an amen? David's brother was supposed to be number one, but he got passed over. Why? Unbelief. When God tells me to do something and someone tells me I can't, can't do it, then what I do is I turn around and tell God, God, it's not me they don't believe, it's you they don't believe. It's not me doing it, it's you doing it. Can I hear an amen? And by the way, that building over there has been one of the biggest blessings of our life. It has been a blessing. And when I say blessing, I mean a blessing. Why? It was God. And now look at what God has done with that place. Anybody, anytime somebody tells you what you can or cannot do, there's a verse for that. It's called, I will prepare a table for you in the midst of your enemies. And they will watch while you eat. Can I hear an amen? Everybody say it again. Let us go at once. Number two, if you want to see miracles, understand you walk on a different path than everybody else. Whatever makes the devil mad, do it ten times more. If it makes him mad, make him even madder. We don't operate on needs. We meet needs. Embrace criticism. Embrace criticism. Don't purposely draw criticism to you, but don't worry, it will come. Anytime you do anything for God, you will be criticized. Period. Period. And it will probably be from your own 
people. So embrace criticism. Everybody say embrace criticism. Here's number three. God uses nobodies. God uses nobodies. Well, I don't have an education. I'm not smart enough. I'm not eloquent of speech enough. I don't know how to do that. I'm not equipped for that. Listen to 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 8. He takes the beggar among the dung heaps and sits them among princes to make them inherit the throne of glory. Listen to that. He takes the beggar among dung heaps and he sits them among princesses. The Bible says that God takes the foolish things to confound the wise. Say this with me. My past will not determine my future. My past will not determine my future. Number four, allow separation from unbelief. If you want to see miracles, allow separation from unbelief. You don't need everybody. Let me say that again. You don't need everybody. Just embrace that you're on a different path. Separation is not a bad word. It's not you they're rejecting. It's God they're rejecting. Come on. Allow separation. Just like in the Bible, the tares from the wheat. Productive trees from unproductive trees. The unproductive trees don't like trees that grow because it makes them look bad. I don't want you to grow because you will make me look bad. Amen. I want to be stagnant and I want mundane. I don't want to grow. I mean, they did it to Jesus. In fact, they called Jesus Satan. Once you realize there is no way to avoid it, just embrace it. And I'm going to tell you, after 22 years of pastoring, I haven't heard everything, but I've heard a lot. And now I can honestly say, and I'm proud to say, that I'm comfortable in my own skin enough, and I know who I am in Christ, that I can tell you now, I, I mean, it hap- it's, just, it's just, I don't know why it's like this, but it's part of it. You are going to face criticism, and people are going to talk about you, and I don't care. Hey, listen. I would be more scared if they didn't talk about me. And so now, when pe- and people will tell you anything. I mean, we'll tell you anything. If you don't believe it, be a pastor for one day. Now, when people say, I don't like you, I say, good, I'm going to go eat Mexican food. See you later. There's the door. See you later. Right? Because criticism... Is part of it. Can I hear an amen? I'm talking about seeing miracles tonight. You've got to get used to criticism. Number five, allow separation to faith. Allow separation to faith, which means you're going to separate yourself from lower living and challenge yourself to open yourself up to a world you're not accustomed to. And don't feel bad for God blessing you. Never be ashamed of God's blessings. Never be ashamed of God's blessing. When you accept blessings, you value your life. I value my life. I value my time. I'm worth something. Amen. Everybody say faith. Come on, say it again, faith. People say some of the goofiest stuff. Oh, I go to this church over here, but every once in a while I go to Cornerstone when I need a touch. 
But I go to that church to be reminded I need a touch. Make up your mind. I am not going to a dead church. I don't care what people think. I'm going to separate myself to faith. Amen. Once you find an oasis, why do you want to go back to a desert? And I'm telling you tonight, there is an oasis here at Cornerstone Church. Come on, lift your hands and thank God. God, I thank you there is an oasis here. Ooh, there's a freedom here. Do y'all feel that tonight? There is a freedom here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The devil don't like it when God starts moving. When God starts blessing, the devil starts messing. When God starts blessing, the devil starts messing. Praise you, Lord. I thank you that you're moving in this house. Let's finish this up tonight. You don't invest. Listen to me. This is how crazy this is to me. This just, I wonder sometimes if people know they don't make sense. Like sometimes my brain is going. Listen, you don't invest in stocks that were hot 50 years ago. You invest in stocks that are hot right now. Am I right? You get one life. Don't waste it. Everybody say separate. Don't get stuck in dead things. Here's number six. We'll close with this one. Number six. See big. If you want to see miracles and experience miracles, you have to see big. Abraham, as far as you can see, I will give it to you. What you can't see, you will never have. And when I talk about seeing tonight, I'm talking about seeing in the Spirit and in the Word of God. So that's what we're talking about. I have to see it in the spiritual for it to manifest in the physical. Get around big things and around big people. Get where the big things are. Everybody say, see, big. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of the heathen. I'm tired of the, the, the non-Christian people of America doing all the big things. It frustrates me. It, it totally frustrates me. Um, you know, Luke and I, my son, were talking about this today at lunch. It's not that I don't like sports, and I, I do like sports, but what I don't like about sports is they've become an idol. And what we saw to me last Sunday night, it's, it's, it's a form of idol worship. And I'm not telling you you're going to hell if you watch the Super Bowl. That's not what I'm saying. If we could leave it at a game and play a game and sportsmanship and all that, that's one thing. But now we're idolizing it, and we've got celebrities there, and we've got a trophy. As it passes by, everybody goes... It's an idol. We've got celebrities singing songs, and we're all fascinated by it. Guys, I'm telling you tonight that I'm tired of watching the world do all of these big things, and the church takes a back seat. Yeah, same stuff. I mean, all what you're seeing today in the political realm, everything, it, it's, it's why are Christians taking the big seat or the back seat? And when churches do anything big for God, we get criticized. 
We build something. Oh, where did y'all get all that money? How did y'all afford that? If we buy a new car, everybody has to make us feel bad about it. It's like you want to hide your new car because you don't want everybody to talk about you. Listen, if the heathen can do it, we ought to be doing it ten times more because we're believers and we have the blessing and we live under the blessing of God. We should be blessed people. We should have big things. We shouldn't have halfway, we shouldn't be halfway doing things. Can I hear an amen? So I don't take a back seat when we do things and the things God has showed me, even at one community, some of the stuff that we're seeing and the cost of it. Sometimes I'm like, whoa, because I didn't always see big. And now I see big. But how did I start seeing big? I got around people that were already doing big things. I didn't hang out with people like me. I hung out with people who were doing big things. I had mentors. I still have mentors that are doing amazing things for God. And when you get around people like that, that stuff starts rubbing off on you. And what it is, it opened my eyes to a world I'd never seen. So now, used to, say 10, 20 years ago, I'd see a price and I'd have sticker shock. Whoa! Now I don't have sticker shock. Now I say, if God said we need it, let's do it. Because my God will provide for all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I can't pay for all this stuff anyway. I mean, if I worried about all the stuff that's on my shoulders, I couldn't sleep at night. But I sleep good most of the time, unless my dog interferes. Why? Because I don't think about it anymore because my God is a big God and I'm not responsible for paying the bills of that place anyway. God is. And it's his church, not my church. And if we need something that costs two or $300,000, praise God, he will provide it. And if we need something that costs a million dollars, a million dollars used to would scare me to death. Don't scare me anymore. Why? Because I see big now. I don't see small anymore. I see big things. And I'm going to tell you, that's why when God says move, you have to move. I'm telling you, when God does something, you have to be ready for it. You have to be open-minded. What did I preach this morning? You cannot be narrow thinking. You can't have narrow thinking. You have to have broad, big thinking. Amen. Because everything matters with God. Everything is connected with God. Everything is connected. And, and we don't always connect these dots. But God does. And I'm going to tell you, God sees big. We, got, we serve the God of the universe, guys. This is not some little God in a, in a box. He is a big, big God. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. The eyes, the Bible says, are the windows to the soul. It's the window of the soul. When you see it, you'll become it. You become what you're around. You become what you're around. Unfortunately, people stick to what they're used to, and they never see big. If you want to see miracles, you've got to learn to see big. Can I hear an amen tonight? Miss Marianne, if you would come to the platform and play something tonight, I'm going to close. Everybody say it again, see big. Let me ask you tonight, what are you seeing? What are you seeing? I want to ask this question tonight. I feel this in my spirit. Anybody here feel beat up tonight? 
Just like the enemy's just been beating you up. Anybody here tonight? As she begins to play. Come on, stand to your feet. Come on, God is moving. God is moving. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to join us next week for another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yarbrough and One Community Church of El Dorado.